The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. That very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus. And they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he asked them, What are you discussing as you walk apart? They stopped, looking downcast. One of them, named Clopas, said to him in reply, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He replied to them, What sort of things? They said to him, the things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to be sentenced to a sentence of death to be crucified. And we were hoping that he would be the one redeemed Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described but him they did not see. He said to them, Oh, how foolish you are! How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on further. But they urged him, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening, and the day is almost over. And so he went in to stay with them. And it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. And with that, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. But he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us? while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us. And so they went out at once and returned to Jerusalem where they found gathered together the eleven and those with them who were saying, The Lord has truly been raised and he has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way 
how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Again, to our first grade, you guys did a great job with the reading. Today's gospel passage, uh, this is probably sounding old, is one of my favorites. Of course, they're always, always my favorite, aren't they? But this passage has so much to teach us, some of which I'm not going to talk about. Some of which, like how to read the Old Testament as Christians, right? Throughout the Gospels and the Acts of the you'll hear it constantly said that Jesus fulfilled what was prophesied in the Old Testament. How did the church know that? Jesus himself revealed that to his disciples. And in the first reading, you hear Peter get up and say, you know, Psalm 16, David said, and it prophesied the resurrection of Jesus, which we hadn't known. Holy Spirit revealed it to us, Jesus Himself. It's powerful. But I'm not going to talk about that. The other thing I could talk about is how when he at table he took bread, broke the bread, blessed the bread. Not necessarily in that order, but he took the bread, blessed the bread, broke the bread, and gave the bread. What does that sound like? The Eucharist. I could talk about how this really shows how the early church from the very beginning celebrated the Mass. Maybe in slightly different forms, but scripture and the breaking of the bread or the Eucharist. And the early church recognized the risen Lord in their midst when they did this. And so this celebration of the risen Lord isn't still in our midst, just as truly, with eyes of faith, we've been worshiping the Lord this way for 2,000 years. And I could talk about how beautiful that is, but I'm not good. But what I do want to talk about is the beauty of this passage, the journey. And we're all on a journey, are we not? We're called a pilgrim's church. These two disciples, they were leaving Jerusalem. Now, when Jesus shows up in their midst and they don't recognize him, they tell him all sorts of things that they knew about Jesus. They knew that he was a prophet, that he did mighty deeds. They hoped that he was the one that was going to be the one who brought about the kingdom. They knew that he had been crucified. They knew that the tomb was empty, and others proclaimed that he was alive. But they were still walking in the wrong direction. For us, I don't know about you, but I grew up, like when I was in first and second grade and beyond, People told me all about the story of Jesus, but it didn't direct my path. I walked where I thought I wanted to go, and the news was interesting, but it didn't affect me. But over time, as the problems and the difficulties of life come up, and we ponder them and talk with others, and we think to ourselves, well, what about all this God stuff? Is it really real? And then, usually there's someone to kind of help us and walk with us on the way that we don't recognize as really Jesus working through them. And they mentor us. 
then at some point, we pass from trust to curiosity to seeking and trying to find out for ourselves. But then there comes that moment when on the journey, the disciples say to Jesus, Come, stay with me. That is an important step in our journey of life. Here's the way I interpret it. We're confused. We don't know which way to go. We hear about Jesus and recognize that there's something powerful in His story and if God is really true. That God respects our freedom. And God wants to reveal Himself to us more deeply, but it takes that invitation. Oh, please, stay with me. Come into the house. You know, in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20, it's got a famous passage. You know it, I'm sure. I think, I hope. Jesus says, I'm knocking at the door, and I stand waiting for you to open it. If you open it, I will come in and dine with you. John 14 tells us Jesus will reveal himself to us. Our faith, at some point, goes from what we've heard from others to Jesus actually somehow revealing His truth, His presence, the risen Lord to us. But it takes that invite. And an invite only happens after a long journey of pondering what we've been told, being mentored by others, and then at some point we have to make that step. Jesus, stay with me. Reveal yourself to me. Come and commune with me. And to dine with Jesus, that indicates friendship. That indicates relationship. Communion. We have communion. There is no greater gift in the world than to have that friend in Jesus, that relationship of closeness and communion that even if life doesn't go exactly as we hope, there is someone with us on the way. And He turns our path to go back to Jerusalem to the center of our faith to follow the Lord. And then it says, their hearts were burning after they recognized the risen Lord. I don't know about you, but that's my greatest desire. To have a burning heart, full of passion, full of joy, full of hope, full of love. And that doesn't come only naturally. That's a gift from God. And so, as soon as they recognized the risen Lord, their hearts were burning. Then they went back to Jerusalem to tell the others. And they had already heard that they had encountered the Lord too. And they celebrated together and they said, this is what happened to us. This type of witness, this type of burning heart is what makes the church grow. That's why the early church grew so much. Right from 11 people in that room to 2 billion. That's pretty big growth over the years. And studies show that when people learn the faith and come to a deep faith in Jesus, it's because there was somebody in their life that inspired them. Someone with a burning heart that was on fire with the Lord, and that becomes contagious. Yes, we teach our children the facts about what really happened, the teachings of the church, but it takes that burning heart, that witness, someone to walk with us on the way that we don't recognize is really Jesus until we really give it a chance accept Jesus ourselves. That disciple with a burning heart is what we're all called to be. And you've run into him, I think, but 
I've heard of stories of youth inviting other youth to the youth group meeting or the retreat or to some event, and they found the Lord too. Parents, what a great opportunity to influence your children with that burning heart to share your faith with them, not only to teach the faith, but to sit down and pray with them, talk about life struggles and lift it up in prayer to God, the journey of faith. In the workplace, the way we manage, the way we support management, showing that God is more important, the love of one another, and that that's the highest priority is the well-being of all people as we work together to satisfy the corporate goals and still show that faith, that burning heart. Grandparents, whoa, what a great influence we can have on our grandchildren. Sometimes, I don't know, children even listen more to grandparents. <laughs> that was my case. But to have a grandparent whose heart's on fire that shares that faith with their grandchildren, God wants to do such great things. He wants to give us that contagious faith. And you know, I'm also very proud, but proud isn't good, but I'm really happy that in our parish we're also on a journey. Our pastoral plan that we have embarked upon, we're calling a pathway to discipleship. And that pathway to discipleship that you've been hearing about, discover, follow, share, is very much about the same journey. Over and over, we're going to be offering this pathway to discipleship where in the Discover, we had about 150 people for seven weeks, seven Wednesdays, plus a retreat, come and learn the basics. Look at the facts. You know, who was, is there a God? Is Jesus God? If he really is God, how does that make a difference? How does that save us? Who is the Holy Spirit? And then in a retreat setting, pray and ask for God to touch our hearts and to stay with us in the summit here. The next step that starts this coming Wednesday, we again, thank God, have 150 people registered. And we're going to do what's called follow. Learn how to develop and grow deeper in that relationship with Jesus. And we're going to study and learn and practice together how to pray in our individual lives and with Scripture. And then we're going to talk more about the Eucharist and how to enter it more deeply so that we can develop. And then in the next stage, in October, we're going to talk about kind of what I've been talking about in this homily, how different people come to the faith. Look at our faith journey. Try to recognize where the people are, who are our loved ones, are in that journey, and how to talk to them and mentor them, and allow Jesus to mentor them through our walking with them in life. And so this is the pastoral plan of the parish. I'm really happy to say that we are on this same journey of discover follow and share, and invite you all to continue to join with us. Our parish vision is called, is called by God, filled with the Holy Spirit, welcoming all to discover, follow, and share Jesus Christ. Let us be his disciples with hearts on fire, and discover, follow, and share. Even if we've already discovered Jesus and we're following, to reignite that fire to go deeper so that we truly are burning hearts to the Lord. And that's complete. It makes our families a better place. It makes our school, our church a better place. It makes our world a better place. 
Oh, how this world is yearning for that heart 